So, David. Oh, Michelle. Hi. So, we have been talking probably for about two years. Well, because we kind of like started this podcast pre-COVID. No, we didn't. COVID brought us together, young lady. It did not. I ca- it did. No, because we were like in no, the we room weren't. together. No, we weren't in the room. Yes, we were. We no. started in a room together. Started? Oh my God, you've got boomer brain. You do not no, remember no, no, no. anything. We were like pre-COVID. It was just kind of happening and I decided we weren't going to speak about it because we thought this would be a little blip in the pan. <laughs> I'm, no, it couldn't have been because I was touring at the time and I, I remember our producers contacted me because I was sitting at home going, oh my God, I've got nothing else to do in my life. It's over. I was on a national tour, so there's no way I could have been doing a podcast. So, no, we met. COVID brought us together. It didn't bring us together because COVID, COVID was not happening in the scale that we're experiencing it now. There, there might to... have been like COVID rumblings no, 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 in no, no, China, no. but we were not in lockdown. No, this is great. I've, no, I really like this. This is fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you because I'm gonna, because you know I keep it in my library because um, I care about what we do. Um, and we started. See all. Let's really, I set my notes on fire after every app. Oh, these aren't notes. I'm just going back to the library of the 121 episodes. Mm. We started on the 11th of September, 2020. That's COVID. Yes, but like if we weren't in the midst of COVID yes, as we in were. like what we're experiencing now. Anyway, anyway, the reason why we're doing this is because over the past two years, yes, we, well, me, yeah, I've quite, I've quite often offered up the alternative viewpoint that it could potentially have escaped from a lab in yeah. China. Yes, and you have been adamant that it did not. Ah, uh, uh, yes, do not, do not make me go through every single podcast to find you being a left leaning, adamant person who was so sure that it came from a bat. Okay, there's one thing I'm going to say here, and this is a really important mm. point, right? This is not a left or right issue. I, uh, I, I firmly, well, I, I firmly go- no, believe pull- that it is not a, a left and right well, issue. Well, I am going to, I'm going to pull up points about it becoming a left and right issue because that's, that's what happened. Yep, go for it. But I, I, you're going to be very surprised at what's going to happen in this episode. You're going to come on my side. Oh, I'm not going to go on anyone's side. That's the point of what we're about to do. I am going to apply anyway. the analytical training that I was given by ASIO and we're going to look at this and try to figure out where the bloody hell this thing came from. Well, no, we're going to... And you're going to yell at me and... Yes. Yeah, I'm used to that. I'm used to that. (laughs) So let's get stuck into COVID and its origins. All right, just a bit of padding on so when you hit me, it doesn't hurt quite so much. (laughs) Oh, I'll be hitting hard. Ow! Listening to I Spied, the reasoned argument of Australian intelligence. You're wrong. What? You're wrong. You're just wrong. No. Utterly wrong. No. I don't care about the evidence. I'm right. You're wrong. No. No, I'm right. I'm right. And you're. You're right. I'm left. You're You're right. Huh? Hello and welcome to Ice Five. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. Hi. And <laughs> hi, present. And we're going to get into the question about whether COVID was a lab leak mm-hmm. or whether it did in fact leak out of a wet market a wet in market Wuhan. In Wuhan, China. Now, over the course of the two years that we've been together, there have been many instances where I have challenged you on the idea that it came from a bat. Correct. And what we have seen progressively over the past two years. Mm-hmm is there's been more and more information coming out that supports the theory that it could potentially be 
a lab leak. Correct. I do not doubt that whatsoever. Now, what happened was a lot of the investigation process Mm -hmm. got halted because it did become somewhat of a political question. Well, that's a really good point. Before we go any further, just uh, let us just uh, give the disclaimer that neither of us are virologists, epidemiologists, or (laughs) have access to any of the information. I'm sorry. After two and a half years on Twitter, I am an epidemiologist. (laughs) We're all epidemiologists. (laughs) Yes. That's an interesting point you raise, the fact of information the information Mm. we're getting, right? Because, unfortunately, Trump used it as a blunt weapon. And as soon as Trump used it, the left riled up and said it can't be true. Well, not exactly. uh, That wasn't what I was at the point I was going to make. The Mm. point I was going to make was as soon as he did that, China riled up and went, well, we don't have to answer these questions and we're not going to. So the information flow has basically choked out. Yes, and what happened was there was a lot of questions that needed to be answered and Mm. it became not just a political investigation but it also – it also challenged ideas around xenophobia and whether yeah. whether we just were looking to blame the Chinese. For well, something. when you start calling it Kung Flu, everyone's going to start going, 100%. well, hang on a minute, chill out. Now, I, I don't think we'll ever find the answer, and a lot of the research is pointing to the fact that there will not be any answers about where it came from, but there are facts. Oh, yeah, definitely there are facts. As I said, I am applying the standards of analysis that I was taught okay. by ACO and the rules of debating that I learnt when I was in year eight. Oh, God, am I going to be debating like a year nine no. prefect? <laughs> no, year eight, not year nine, year <laughs> eight. No, no, no. Basically, I'm going to approach this at an analytical level. So, if we look at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, yes. now that is a venue that creates some of China's riskiest coronavirus research. Yes. Now, the scientists mix components of different coronaviruses and they have created new strains. They create chimeras. Yes. Now, they create those chimeras in essence to go, well, what? how could this virus evolve? And if it evolves in a certain way, how can we counter it? Right. Right, which is highly dangerous highly work. Highly dangerous work. Now, there are two campuses in the yeah. Wuhan Institute mm-hmm. of Virology. Yep. One is just eight miles. You're going to have so much fun with that word. Virology, virology, mm-hmm. virology, virology. There we go. I got it all out. Good. Um, one is eight miles away from what some are saying is the epicenter of the outbreak. Yeah, the, one Huana, is- uh, the Huanan. Seafood, seafood wholesale market. market yep. yep. And another one's 18 miles. Yep. And that's when COVID kind of first came into public view. Now, Correct. when we talk about virology and where it is studied and the lab leaks, lab leaks are nothing new. I think in 1977, the major flu outbreak came from a lab leak. There was a lab leak in Beijing of SARS COVID 1, yes. uh, which killed, uh, was infected nine people and I think killed five. Right. The interesting thing is SARS COVID 1 compared to SARS COVID 2. Two, which is the coronavirus we're dealing with now, coronavirus two is highly infectious. It's a lot easier to trans. It's yeah. a lot more transmissible, which is one of the things that you do with these pathogens. You're trying to go well. How can we make it more transmissible? Right. Now, before we go any further, you said this thing close by eight. You know, they're eight miles, very close to the market. Eight miles, mm. right? Eight miles. If you and I to get in my little Lexus hybrid and to drive from where we are in our recording bunker in Surrey Hills in Sydney, if we were to drive, we would arrive at the Flemington Markets in Strathfield slash Homebush. Mm. That's not exactly nearby. See, that's one. And I do understand what miles are. Thank I, you yeah, very but much. The, the whole <laughs> argument of proximity, and there is also a counter argument to this as well. The argument about the proximity of the market to the lab is if there was an infection at the market, why aren't there other infections in between? And why wasn't there an infection at, say, a concert, a soccer match, a bar, but a shop? But this is also based off the information that it actually started at the seafood market, which no one – there is no patient zero here. 
Well, no, but there is there is two genomes that are regarded as genome one and genome two that were both found at the markets. Correct, but there are instances where they where they were saying a lab leak doesn't necessarily mean it's leaked straight from the lab. It could mm. it could mean that someone has gone out to get the the samples and brought it back. It could mean that someone has had it and taken it there. Exactly. But here's a really inter- another interesting point, uh, and it came out of a, a paper. I think it is in the in. Or something like that. I can't remember what it's from. But basically, they said there was a rumor going around that instead of euthanizing the subjects, so the bats, the guys who were told, can you go and kill this bat? We've played with it and given it the, the disease we wanted, or mm. taken the disease from it that we wanted. Can you now euthanize and destroy it? And they go and sell them at the wet markets. Right. Well, right. I don't. So that, again, the, uh, this is the one thing we've got to work out is where is all this information coming from and how reliable is it? But keep going. Right. Okay. So lab leaks. These yes. happen more often than people think. Mm-hmm. I think smallpox virus has escaped from two different accredited smallpox laboratories over a 15-year period during an eradication program. I believe both of those were in the Soviet Union at the time. If it was 79, it would have been the Soviet uh, Union. Um, leaks of foot and mouth disease. Yep. Venezuelan equine encephalitis. H1N1 influenza, which we Uh spoke about in 1977, that kind of took over the world. And in 1970s, there was a significant anthrax outbreak. Mm. That was a Soviet lab. (laughs) Yeah, that was a Soviet lab. That was definitely one. But interestingly enough, with this research, it's called gain-of-function research, where they're Mm. trying to gain the function of the pathogen. They're trying to go, well, how can we increase its transmissibility? How can we decrease it? How can we see what evolution is going to do to it? One of the interesting things is one of the viruses that they were working on that everyone went, that's probably the one that started it. The mutation between what they're finding in, say, the seafood market and what was in the lab, the change is too broad. It's too big. They couldn't have made that kind of shift. But the other thing about gain-of-function experiments is you have this thing called the dual-use dilemma, right? We're going to study this coronavirus to see how we can cure it as it evolves. Oh, my God, we've made a pathogen that can actually shut down the world. What do we do with it? Mm. Right, so that becomes a problem. Is there are biological warfare? We've been doing it for years. There's some great stories about how the Polish used to fire the saliva of people with diseases at their enemies. The Spanish poisoned wine. Well, not didn't poison wine, but they put the blood of leprosy sufferers into wine that they sold to the French that they were fighting. Mm. Napoleon flooded a swamp around an Italian city to increase malaria. We use it, all right? And the Americans have done it, the Japanese have done it, the Russians have done it, we've all done it, all right? Smallpox blankets given to American Indians. Again, this is biological warfare. The big thing with this is if it was from the lab, and a lot of people are saying they did it on purpose. I don't think they did it on purpose. I don't think it was in any way intentional. Let's be clear on that, and I think it's good to kind of get that out of the way. If this came from a lab... I don't think it was intentional Mm-mm. because there, no one has anything to gain to release this. No. Well, even if you did have something to gain, you wouldn't release it in your own, own town. Yeah, exactly. Right. And now there's an interesting point that has also been made that there was a military Olympics. like They're called the military games. And mm. athletes that are serving members of militaries around the world gather once or once every four years to have their own little Olympics. Mm. Right. And they do the same sort of sports, only they do it with guns. No, I'm kidding. Right. Now, <laughs> sure. a lot of Americans... American soldiers post the outbreak said, well, actually, we came back from China and we all felt a bit fluey, mm. to which my response to that, and probably the response of their officers, their medical staff and researchers went, everyone who travels on a flight for a long time gets Feels off a bit feeling fluey, yep. right? So the interesting thing is a lot of people are saying, well, uh, conspiracy theorists are certainly saying, 
well, that's where they did it. That's where they released it. Well, so I am going to counter-argue yeah. the point of like conspiracy theorists because I think what happened was because it got shut down so quickly, it became a left-right kind of viewpoint that the right believed that it was China and it was a lab lake and the left be kind, of, kind of said, no, that's not true, you're being xenophobic. Because this kind of happened, what fell through the cracks was a, a real search for information. That's the key. And that search for information meant that we will never know the answers. I think China shut down a l- long before Trump had even got involved because when you look at the, the whistleblowers who came out of the lab, yep. the doctors, yep. they died mysteriously. Oh, my God, during a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yes, but also conveniently they yes. died. Yes, that, that terrible disease of falling off a building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got corona drop. I um, mean, one minute they're, t- they're chatting heartily at their hospital bed the next minute, oh, that person died. <laughs> oh, yeah, what happened? Oh, there's this corona pillow just fell on his face. Um, <laughs> yes. He, he can't breathe. Yeah. That's because you're holding something on his face. Now, again, yeah, the, the, the case could be made that it's politically expedient just to remove the problem and China are not backwards and coming forwards of putting people into re-education camps and, or basically, I mean, it's not as dangerous. Like working in virology isn't quite as dangerous as working in the Russian oil industry. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the thing is, and it comes down down to all of this information that we're getting, mm. but how good is the analysis of the information coming out? Now, I've noticed that you have the ProRepublica report there. Yes, the Vanity Fair ProRepublica report. It was a six-month investigation into documents. It was an investigation done by the Senate committee. Yes. And so this six-month investigation is based on the US Senate researchers' findings and analysis. Yes. Now, before we go any further, we now need to caveat that as to which committee it was that did it, which was a very pro-Republican committee run by a Chinese hawk. Republican. But see, here again, you yeah. said it's not about politics, but now you're making it about politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've still got to look at the, pe- the people involved in this story, all right? Right. So you look at Senator Burr, who is the head of that that committee, he's a, a China hawk. So, And this is the thing, when I say we've really got to apply stringent analysis to this, is the problem with any analysis is there is a cognitive bias built in. Of course. Right. Now, the problem is- Burr- Th- That's with everything. Like yeah, any kind totally. of any kind of interpretation can be applied to any analysis. Yes. Now, the whole thing is, interestingly enough, when you say it's a left-right Well, that's what it became. Bias. Well, yes and no. The Australian government currently- is basically like saying, we're not going to make a bloody move on this simply because, A, it's way out of our field. We're not going to get the information we need. And to be perfectly frank, we can't prove either way. This is what this is the, the point I'm trying to make is currently there is no way to say definitely which what happened. There is really strong, really strong research or at least you know investigation by the World Health Organization coming out of the market that basically said, look, it was the live food area, the live animal area, and also the exotic wildlife. It was raccoon dogs. It was bats. It was all of these different- But then the WHO has revised their earlier conclusions. Go ahead. And they are now saying that both scenarios, both the wet market and a lab leak, are still on the table. Oh, totally. That's what I mean. It's like, but what I'm saying is- No, but early on, they they kind of discounted it. And then now they've come back and said, wait. Well, the US intelligence service did their own analysis on it. So Joe Biden, we're talking about the left-right kind of 
of ideology and you saying that, you know, the pro-Republica investigation is kind of a Republican viewpoint. Yeah. Joe Biden ordered a review of the relevant intelligence and the intelligence community came back with a finding that the lab leak was just as credible. Just as plausible. As natural origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'll be honest with you, and I was very dismissive of it, but because we I know, remember you were always dismissive of me. I, I was like, yeah, whatever, yep. But I was going on the information available at the time. No, that's not true. I had information. The problem is sometimes when you are a left-wing person, right. you get the talking points of the left-wing, like what The Guardian say or what the ABC has to say. Uh-huh. But because I'm a journalist and I'm sitting in the staff and I have been sitting in it for over two years, uh-huh. I see all viewpoints. Yeah, but now you've made it a, a clinical assumption, which with a cognitive bias on top of it, that I don't look at right-wing Information. I when was do. the last time you picked up the Daily Telegraph? Um, the last time I read something from the Daily Telegraph was yesterday. No, picked up a Daily Telegraph. Picked up a paper and read it cover to cover. I don't read the Daily Telegraph. I See. read the Australian. Yes, but do you read it cover to cover? Uh, no, I generally just go through the front because I'm not interested in the sports coverage at the back and the ads, but I generally go from the front page to the opinion page. I, I read all the newspapers every day. I used to read four a day, right? I, yeah. I understand entirely. And that literally we are trained at ASIO. We were trained. Yeah. You can't take it from one source. You've got to look at, we looked at, uh, it was the Australian, the Canberra Times, I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald and the Herald Sun because it was Victorian football and half the building were from Victoria. So yep. they all wanted, so that's what we got. When and, I was, I used to do a show called Going Home. It was an improvised drama set on a train. We'd film it in the morning. It would go on to air at night. We had every single paper in the country on that train. Right. Well, literally we had we had people driving out to the airport and bringing papers in from Western Australia mm. at 10 o'clock in the morning so we could. it looked like we were on any train in Australia. The thing is, you, when you look at both sides, you get to boil down the actual facts that sit around. Right. But it's the interpretation of the facts, which leads us to Toy Reid, the guy who who's – Got a lot of hand in the pro Republica report. Yes, because a lot of a lot of the stuff he's been taking his interpretation on how the Chinese interact, the Chinese Communist Party interact. Yes, there's a lot on how the Chinese Communist Party interact. There was one thing that he said in that article that made that immediately makes it dubious. This is really difficult to understand, and nobody but me can do it, or very few people. I understand how they think and talk but not a lot of people mm. can. Now, interestingly enough, one of the things he made, and a lot of Chinese speakers, Mandarin speakers, are saying you've missed the tense. Yes. The tense is wrong, right? Now, the other thing is, and this is from people that work but with him. But I, sh- I, I should say, a lot of my points, my previous points, none of them are taken from this. No, 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 I, I, I totally From agree. this investigation. I found, the, I found the investigation incredibly interesting mm. and there were some points that I thought were very valid, mm. but they're not really the points that I would put my debate and argument against. Right. So uh, the interesting thing is people that have worked with Toy Reid said he's an absolutely amazing quick interpreter. Mm. If you wanted something done quickly, get him to flash over it. You want him to actually look for something, he will find what he's looking for, which again goes to that cognitive bias. Yeah. Right now, again, you you call me a bolshy lefty and I am. You are 100% a bolshy. Well, you're very, very, very left. Well, I- Anybody who follows you on Twitter will see that. It's just I, I, you hate I, the Liberal Party. Well, I hate the Liberal Party that exists as it does right now because I find it a very hypocritical thing. Yeah, but now, Labor can be incredibly hypocritical as well. I, I never am, see you call that out. Uh, yeah, you do. You want to go back through my Twitter? And by the way, if you want to join in the conversation, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you can join us at Icebud Podcast on Twitter. Uh, anyway, we promised it. it. We promised it would be fiery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, the interesting thing about this is, and, hmm. and and the fact that you've turned around and said Joe Biden has basically turned around and said right. 
go back over your notes, check them again. That is what a good leader does. Yeah. Now, when you go back to what Trump was doing, the other thing Trump was also doing, and it's really important to remember this, is Trump was desperate to cover his own ass at the time because he'd lost control of what was going on. Yes, right? absolutely. He lost it. So I've got to move the blame. Let's be honest. Left or right, he was not a good leader. But, I know there are people well, over there that believe in him, but he was, bottom he, line, he was not a good he leader. Was good in, uh, he was good in accelerating the vaccine situation. But any leader would have done that. Anyone would have done I don't know. I do, I do think, like, that we do have to give him credit in some areas. I mean, as much as a lot of people hate to do it. I think the problem with Trumpism and the reason why it's become such a thing is because everyone hates Trump to the point where there is no room for actually saying, oh, actually, he was good at this or he was good at that. But, that, I mean, again, that, that that's a door that swings both ways because there are the Trumpists that then say that Joe Biden has done nothing good. He's just Sleepy Joe and he's hopeless. Oh, and I agree. Useless. I'm not saying right? that. So this is, again, when you, when you talk about left-right – the problem is when we talk We've about got left to divide. and right, we, but we also talk about the extremes of left and right. I mean, I have got re- I got a, one of my best friends. We go and have beers all the time, right? He's very right wing, right? Yep. Very right wing. Not extreme right wing, but he's – well, actually, he's not very right wing. He is that dyed-in-the-wool, blue-blooded liberal, right? Mm. Lives in Bellevue Hill, lovely bloke, and, you know, he and I enjoy having a glass of wine or a beer together and arguing politics. Mm. And, but the interesting thing is when you say, well, you know – I suppose you think that China invented COVID. It's like, don't be bloody stupid, right? Mm. The same way I've got I've got a very, very staunch Labor, like union card-carrying kind of Labor mate who's like, yeah, you know, China did it. The Chinese did it. And it's like, dude, how do you know this? No, I just know, right? right. So I, I, when you say left-right, I don't believe it's a left-right. I is, believe it's a gullibility issue. I think it's a left-right thing and it became, it became prevalent because anyone who questioned – where it came from mm. was quickly shut down and even the media were not very open to any kind of conversation. People were cancelled for even implying or asking the question. Joe Rogan, anyone who asked the question where it came from, was this a leak from a Chinese lab, were quickly shut down in the early days. Now, there's another interesting and point. It became you, political. Another interesting point about that is uh, <laughs> do you know who was funding the research at the lab? Yeah, the U- US. The US and France. I know. Uh, right. So it comes down to it really, oh, this is such a, uh, it's such an annoying thing to have to deal with because, again, I, I keep re- uh, going back to this thing mm. of your information is only as good as the analysis you apply to it. Okay. Mm. Uh, one point that was made about the information that Reid was using to create his report to the Senate committee was when you look at the language that's used, it really sounds like, it doesn't sound like official speak. It sounds more like the newsletter. It was the party report to the party, yeah. not the lab's report to the government. Yes. Right. So and But there was some very interesting stuff about the lab having an issue early on. Yeah, but that's where the tense problem comes in, is they were saying that there was a problem at in November when it happened, but then there's the the interesting issue about that was if you change the tense, it was probably happening in September. Now, the the problem about biosecurity in these f- facilities are huge. There was one uh, Russian lab where an air filter got clogged, so they took it out, but they didn't put a new one back in before the end of shift. Just removing that air filter and then replacing it in the second shift, that amount of time allowed biomaterial to escape the lab and it caused an incident. 
right? So this is the thing. I, it might have been as simple as somebody walking out with a bit of toilet paper on his shoe. I, I yes. highly doubt that. I think it's got a, the way it's it spread from where it seems to have spread. It needed to have far more density, and that's why the market it, it lends itself to the market because there was high density and high traffic, where the lab was high density low traffic, if you understand what I mean. So the epicenter of the spread, right, one of the things that the virologists and the epidemiologists have said is when you look at the way it spread out of the market, it makes complete sense that it started there. The way it spread out of the lab, if it spread out of the lab- But they're now becoming it, divided. They're now They're now saying that it could have easily come from the lab. And that comes down to the other really important part of analysis is supposition, where you go, we don't have all the facts, so let's yep. fill in these blanks with what we can. Right. right or what we think might- might fit in that. So it's like trying to put a jigsaw puzzle together when the jigsaw puzzle piece is literally you're cutting it out of a piece of paper and sliding it in and then trying to draw the, the, but the, the picture in. the other interesting fact which I found while doing my research yep. was that certain vaccine research may have begun earlier than with the Chinese military team. So they were basically able to hit early milestones even before major drug companies, and many experts believe that it was unrealistic, noting that they had access to the genomic sequence of the virus no later than November 2019, and that was weeks before China even recognised that the virus was circulating. Yeah, now on that, the, the counter fact that I've heard was that the genome was actually cracked around about January, and the Chinese would have been able to crack the genome faster than everybody else, simply because they had more access to the actual physical material. But yet, yeah, that's a question that we've got to you've got to address. But again, the only way you're going to find out this is to get access from the lab, and China ain't playing that game. Now, there's a really interesting point, of course. Well, but they did. But the fact is that they had they were further ahead in their vaccine research than mm. any of the major drug companies. Yep, that's true. But their vaccine research actually isn't as... And scientists and researchers have said the only way they could have been in that position is if they had access to that genomic sequencing before November 2019. And that was before the Chinese had even admitted that there was a problem. Well, that was before we even knew there were... Even they potentially exactly. knew there was a problem. Exactly. So now, then it so kind of lends itself to this idea. It lends itself to the lab idea. Mm. Again, we go back to the density of material coming out of the wet market. But then again, that could be something where they went, let's go and chuck a few bats and raccoon dogs into the market and hopefully that'll take the fall. That, again, we're going back into supposition and conspiracy, which which does not lend itself really well to very good analysis. Personally, I believe we will eventually find out where it came from, who was involved, how it started. But I really rather doubt that you and I won't be alive when it happens. This is something that history's going to dig up. It won't be – I I very much doubt it will happen, particularly with the way China is literally closing itself off. Yes, and what's interesting too, I was reading The Economist. They released a paper which had not yet been peer-reviewed, but it was basically about new research suggesting that SARS-CoV-2 bears signs of genetic engineering. Okay, tell me that. But what was interesting, and this is what I like about The Economist too, if anyone has the opportunity, it's a very good read. Oh, it's great. Um, a week later then they ha- it had been peer-reviewed and yep. some scientists ha- are disputing the suggestion that it was engineered. Again, this is the interesting thing. And yep. going back to Toy Reid, Toy yep. Reid 
talks about one academic coming out of Arizona University who who he used his research to say this supports my theory. Right. Interestingly enough, that researcher is now turning around going that is not what my paper said. You've yes. cherry picked your facts out to yeah. support your argument, right? Yeah. Again, this and this is when I say that when you when you join ASIO or any intelligence organization, you've got to go in there neutral. Doesn't matter. You can vote liberal, you can vote labor, you can be a card-carrying member of, you know, the all-night party, which I voted for once when I was young. Foolish person did that you? I am. Yeah, of it was course you did. All night party, and it was back when I went. Yeah, why not? Let's be crazy. The sex party. But you can personally have those biases. You leave them at the front door when you walk in. You've got to look at this stuff utterly coldly and analytically. Now we are purpose built to find these patterns. There's a really great. I've got a great book at the moment called The Psychology of Intelligence Analysis, and there's a great little. There's a little puzzle, and I'll, I'll, I'll get a screenshot of it, and I'll. Put it on the. But genetic letters are patterns, really. Exactly, but we will. <laughs> but we we look for the pattern yes. we want to find. I mean, we, we're hardwired to do that. That's how when we were hominids coming down from the trees, we were able to spot the tiger because we could see the pattern. Right. This is what we where our brains are wired to mm. do this. So whatever time when. Do you do Sudoku? I do Sudoku. I'm getting better at it. I don't do Sudoku. I'm a boomer. I don't have time. I sit on a lot of public transport. Oh, my God. I've I've already been on public transport six times today. I'm a busy man. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us drive a car. Yeah, well, I generally drive a car, and when I'm doing that, I'm listening to an audio book and finding the pattern in that as well. Yes. Uh, So the whole thing is, right, the, the biggest problem we have is who's got something to lose here? And at the moment, it seems like, China's got a lot to lose if it turns out that it came from their lab. But also America has a lot to lose as well because they were funding it. Do you know who the head of the organisation that gave them the funding was? You'll love this. I think I do know this, but yeah. I, it's not in my head right now. Fauci. Oh, yes. Right. I mean, the, and the, look, Fauci didn't help anything really. I mean. <laughs> well, you know, here's the guy. The, the interesting thing is he was the guy that basically came up with the, you know, all the medical procedures and you know, the medicines to help stop He also made AIDS. a shit ton of cash on it. Everyone does. Well, I didn't. But here's the thing, right? We want to create demons, right? We, and we do. We want to find someone to blame and we do. The problem being that while we're going, this person is at fault because that's how I feel. And there is. There's a lot of the feels in this. The real problem being that we're not looking at the information coldly and analytically. Even that There are even scientists out there that are going to look at it their way because they want to. And the problem with this, it's like using a stocking as a condom. Yeah, it's going to stop most of it, but some crap is going to get through that is not going to help you. Yes, and I think another thing that really kind of leads me or lends me to the idea that this was a lab leak and that China have been fully across this Mm -hmm. is their hardline stance, which they continue to have. And, Mm -hmm. like, recently a young boy died in lockdown. They're tanking their economy based on this very strict lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, what kind of government – and now I know we've we've spoken about this and I do believe that a lot of this has to do with Xi Jinping being really hardline and he doesn't – he wants to save face and he doesn't want to – go back on what he thought was the way to go. But we all did lockdown and we all kind of came out of it and now we're we're going on our merry way. Yes. But sometimes I think, are they staying the course because they know something no one else knows? They're, well, here's the thing. If they know something that we don't know and they're staying in lockdown, then we're playing a massively dangerous game with being out of lockdown. Yes. Now, here's the flip of that. One of the, and it comes down to that whole thing about the Chinese virus, how they got it out really quickly and all that sort of stuff. 
it's not actually a very good – oh, not Chinese virus, the vaccine. The Sinovax is – Not very re- good. Not, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have Sinovax in my bloodstream. I've got AstraZeneca and Pfizer, right? But Sinovax is not a trusted vaccine in the country, in, in China. And the other thing is it's not trusted by the older population and – We've got a large population of older people in Australia. We're, we're getting older. We are. Our population is ageing, mm. right? Well, China's got the same problem, particularly after the one-child policy. You've got a lot of older people in there. And you know what? If your older population is going to die because it gets coronavirus and you've got an older population of 250, maybe 300 million, that's a huge problem. But, so the best way to do it is to not let anyone get But no, the problem is, and what they will find out and what we found out very early on, is as soon as you come out of lockdown, it wasn't COVID we had to look out for. It was everything else that attacked our immune system because we weren't circulating for a very long time. Absolutely correct. And I'll, I'll tell you something. I, Funnily enough, I did a rat test earlier this week. Mm. Right, uh, got what up. What are those? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but remember, it was like every time you went, I'm going to go to the shops, but have a rat test. Right? I still have to do one every so often. Right, for work. so I and so do I. If I've got to go film mm. somewhere, you've yep. got to do a rat yep. test three days before, the day before, the morning off. Mm. Right, that's how it works when you're filming as well. They're really strict on set because there is a lot of cross contact and stuff yep. like that. Now, for me, I did a rat test, and the weird thing was, it was like, how do I do this again? Because I haven't done it I in know. ages. But I had a bit of a headache and a little bit of a tickle in the throat. And my first thought was, all right, what I'm going to do is go do a rat test. Oh, Jesus, I really don't want to. And then my other thought was, hang on, what are the isolation rules again? I can't remember. There aren't any. There aren't any at all? No, not really. Right. Well, it's your own responsibility. Did the rat test, nothing. You know, went to bed really tired, a bit woozy, blah, blah, blah. Went to bed, got up the next morning and my son went, you went to bed really early last night. I went, yeah, it was a bit woozy, sore throat, a bit of a headache. I went, yeah, I had that the day before. And it was just one of those 24-hour things that hits you. Now, the thing is, what I do find really interesting is the fact that I'm not hearing that much about flus and colds because I'm not wearing a mask in public, but I'm still using hand sanitizer when I come into well, the house and stuff like that. Well, let me tell like you, that. the flu season was worse than COVID for really? everyone I know. I know people who took 10 days off work. My son Ow. was almost hospitalized oh. with the flu. He was incredibly sick. COVID. Oh, bye. COVID. Come on, man. I, I hope you get better. <laughs> I hope you're better now. But COVID, he ba- it barely touched the sides on him. Like, But was he? did he have it before he was vaccinated or after? We don't vaccinate. You don't vaccinate? I'm vaccinated. I don't believe children need to be vaccinated. So he got COVID unvaccinated, yep. Yep. and it went through. You know, yep. Went through him quickly. Children have a natural immunity. I don't. think Yeah, they need I think to be I do, I do believe that they're a lot better at um, finding stuff off than. I I'm vaccinated. Oh. I've had three shots. Oh, same here. I'm yes. going. I want to get number four. Just I'm so I can, not going to get any. Just more. I know I want to get all of them. I'm not going to get any more. I want the complete set. I'm and I'm going to sell them all on eBay. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. <laughs> Anyway, so, I mean, we can get into the vaccine. The whole vaccine thing is also another right. another issue. Well, the great thing is, the, uh, this is the thing I really I really hate about my vaccine is mm. it keeps downloading the new U2 album and I don't like it. I know. That, <laughs> I mean, that's a problem with yeah. Apple as well. Um, <laughs> but the, ho- the whole thing, the reason why we got on here, and I think what COVID did, what the pandemic did, is it really sparked mistrust in government agencies. Oh, hell yeah. And, that's the real problem. And that flow-on effect made it more difficult to get people vaccinated. I believed early on that the vaccination was important. Do I think that someone who's relatively healthy in their 20s needs it? No. Do I think my son needs it? No. Do I think the elderly and anyone over 50 need it? Yes. I've got my hand up. Yes. No, but I do. Or do 
compromised? Yes, 100%. I've got a chronic respiratory condition. I, I'll say that again. A chronic respiratory condition. No, it made no difference. Yes. I suffer from chronic asthma. Yes. I've got to have it. Right? Yes. I don't want to get sick. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. And I think that it should be personal responsibility. But I think what we've seen come out of this, and it started early on with the mistrust on whether it was a lab leak or whether it came from a wet market, that mistrust and that inability to voice an opinion or have an opinion or question where it came from Mm -hmm. cascaded down into everything. And now you see the mess we're in where there's a lot of mistrust of media. And I do believe that media did themselves no favours by not even asking the right questions. That's a really good point is the party line was followed Mm. whether, you know, depending on which party that you were following, you know, we stuck to our guns on this is the way it is and I'm not going to change my mind. And I truly believe that this is the really, really big problem we've got. And the the, the big takeaway from COVID of it is it has allowed extremism to actually fester yes. rather than have the, the – the world did not go, guys, let's come together and fix this problem. The world has literally gone, screw you, I'm right and you're wrong. Mm. And it's a big problem. I mean, it, it is breaking – up friends, it's breaking up families, it's breaking up countries. You look at the United States and just the amount of extremists. Well, Florida, Florida versus out. New York, Florida versus New York, but also just the rhetoric that's coming out during their midterm elections. The fact that somebody broke into Nancy Pelosi's house and hit her husband on the head with a hammer. Oh, according like, to Elon Musk, he was his gay lover. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but I believe Elon then sort of backed backed that up really, really oh, yeah, quickly uh, when everybody that is utilizing his service now went. Oh, I'm not going to pay you eight bucks for that blue tick. Screw you. Oh, no, I'm going to pay it. Anyway, that's a whole other story. We uh, Look, bottom line is this. We're never going to know when we have a vested interest in the outcome of the, of the mm. analysis. If you really want to know about this, there is you know, you can spend hours online as I've done. Yes. And you know what? If I have to, you know, I even practice saying rhinophilus, rhinophilus, okay, just okay. so in case the number of the bat came up. Okay. Say, and rat... Rat G13. My bottom line is this the many years you have poo pooed the idea. Yeah. I do believe, after doing a little bit of research, yeah. you've gone, oh, hang on a minute. It could have actually been a lab leak. Yeah. But and I like that. I'm, yeah, thank you very much. But, you know, I, don't forget, I am uh, old. Not just old. <laughs> actually, I had someone turn around when I told them how old I was. And I went, no, you're only 40. And I went, you can stay in my life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> This is and then the you most, paid him $100. most important thing I'll give you, and this is my okay. takeaway. In analytical terms, yes. the evidence does not categorically confirm either hypothesis. And I agree, and I've never said that it did, but I always wanted you to admit that the question remained. You're gaslighting me? No. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that, and you're crazy. I'm sorry, sorry. I had to quit quite um, Rick so, and Morty. So I've won. Uh, no, you haven't yep. won. Won. I'll no. take this as a win. Yep, not. <laughs> no, no, you haven't win. won. Win. Oh, win. Oh, win. Oh, no, the referee's telling me to get off. Yeah.